Hello and welcome to Rooted Together Podcast, the podcast which aims to root you in Christ through His Word together. I'm your host, Charles Hegwood, and today we begin a three-part series in Luke chapter 6. So we're going to break up chapter 6 into three separate episodes. And the first episode is entitled Jesus vs. the Pharisees. So really, chapters 5 and 6 are all about Jesus ticking off and, and angering the Pharisees. And we're going to see that especially in chapter 6, the first part. And it's part of this series. So he's already angered them because, one, he talked to Matthew. Two, um, he told a man, well, first he told a man that your sins are forgiven and they're angry. Then he goes to Matthew, a tax collector and a sinner. And he eats at, a, at the house of Matthew with more sinners and they're angry. And he teaches them and they're angry. And now... Where is he? He's not fasting, and they're angry because the disciples are not fasting. And so now it says, on a Sabbath day. And as we read this, we, we have to understand the context. The Sabbath was very important to them. The Sabbath was a day where you rested. The Sabbath was a day where you could not work by their law. And no, it was a law of God that we keep the Sabbath holy. And I want you to think about and hold in tension the word keep the Sabbath holy and do not work because that's what's going to be at play here. We're going to have to ask big questions like, is Jesus breaking the Sabbath by doing what he's doing? And if he does, what does that mean? Or is he actually following what God meant when he said, keep the Sabbath holy. And so those are going to be held in tension. The other thing that is held in tension as we read in this chapter is this. Where are you in the chapter? When we read the Bible, we need to see ourselves. We don't we don't put what we believe and see into the Bible, but we see ourselves played out in the scriptures. And so what we're going to see is, is we are not Jesus. We're never Jesus. We are not the good guys, we we have to deal with the Pharisees as a mirror to us. And you might not like that, but I want you to stop and think for a second that Jesus cures the Pharisees in us. We, we have Pharisaic tendencies. You do, and I do, and we have to repent of them. We have to be aware of them. And sometimes we're very blind to them. And as we get reading, we'll, we'll pinpoint some of those things. But So on the Sabbath, a day that was meant to keep holy, a day which was to the Pharisees meant to be no work. It says, while he was going through the grain fields, his disciples plucked and ate some of the grain, rubbing them in their hands. So there's part of the issue to the Pharisees. That looks like work. You're picking food. Now, interestingly, before we really jump in, they're rubbing the grains in their hands and eating them. So they're not really cooking. They're not picking the grain and harvesting the grain. They're just plucking it and eating it. So I want you to think this is legalism at its finest right here. Verse two, but some of the Pharisees said, why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? So here's the question. Is Jesus doing what is unlawful to do on the Sabbath? That is the question in tension. His answer is this, and I love this answer. Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those were that were with him? He's talking to people who know the scriptures. He's talking to people who study as a 
job study the Old Testament, uh, the the Torah and the writings and the prophets. So here's the thing. He's, he's, when he says, have you not read, it's a bit of a slap in the face. This is you going to a, like a seminary professor and going, have you not read? Of course they have. And of course Jesus knew, yes, they've read this. And that's why he takes them to the scripture because, yeah, they've read it. And he's going to tweak their understanding. And he's going to refer to a story where David is on the run and he go, he's hungry and his men are hungry. And they go into the temple and they eat the bread that was only meant to be eaten by the priest. So that, that's the, the reference that Jesus is going to take them to. And he says in verse 4, how he entered into the house of God, and he took and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also to give it to those that were with him. And he said, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so what Jesus is telling them is, one, you were more upset at my disciples rubbing grain in their hands and eating it than you were about David starving, going into the temple of presence and eating the bread. He's not saying what I'm doing is unlawful, what David did was unlawful, therefore it's okay. He's not making that argument. So if you're reading this again, you have to hold intention. Is Jesus doing what is unlawful? And the answer is no. He brings up a very odd example, but what he brings this example up for a reason. David did do what was unlawful. But what Jesus' disciples are doing isn't unlawful at all. They're, they're not harvesting grain. They're simply picking it, rubbing it in their hands, and eating it. But what he's drawing the attention, they were both hungry, but you're upset at my disciples. You're not upset when you read that about David, who did do what was not lawful. Yet my disciples are doing what is lawful. Actually, if you read other parts of the Old Testament, they actually were allowed to go into the corners of the grain fields and eat what was left. In fact, uh, when you would harvest, you would not harvest all parts of your grain field. In a square, you would leave the corners for the poor, and that's where they are. They're not cooking it. They're not taking it. They're not even carrying it. They're just rubbing it in their hands and eating it right there. And the reason why I'm driving that part home is because they are not doing what is unlawful. Jesus is not allowing, and he's not saying we can break the law or I'm changing the law. The law of the Sabbath is still keep it holy, but what he's doing is he's drawing a parallel that you were not upset that David did break the law, and yet you were upset with my, my disciples who were not breaking the law. And if you didn't get the point, here's the thing. Jesus makes a clear claim. The Son of Man, he's referring to himself, is Lord of the Sabbath. I'm keeping it holy because I am the Sabbath. I am the rest that God promised. I am Lord over those things, and you don't see it. I am, read this, I am the greater David. You study David, but I'm the greater David. I'm what David was looking forward to. I'm what all of Scripture, all of the Old Testaments that you study and read, they were longing for and looking forward to. I am the fulfillment of the shadows all throughout the Old Testament. I am Lord of the Sabbath. And here we go in verse 6. He's going to do it again. Here's on another Sabbath. He entered the synagogue and he was teaching. And a man was there whose hand was withered. We should naturally feel sorry for this man because he is disabled in a world that did not have technology that would allow him to work. You had to work with your hands at this time in, in history. And he couldn't. And also, he was often looked down on because if you had a withered hand or if you had a disability, 
They look down on you as a sinner, that you were like that because of sin or the sin of your parents. Therefore, you were on the bottom of the food chain socially. And yet, here's a man, he's in the temple, he's listening to Jesus, or he's in the synagogue rather, and he's listening to Jesus teach. Jesus knows he's there, the Pharisees likely know he's there and don't care, and the scribes and the Pharisees watched him, that is Jesus, to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath. So they know the man is there, Jesus knows the man is there, the man knows he's there, and the question is, will Jesus heal on the Sabbath? Because according to the Pharisees and the laws they've put around the Sabbath, that would not be keeping it holy. But Jesus will again correct their thoughts on what it means to keep the Sabbath holy. After all, he is Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus begins to teach them. They're also looking for a reason, by the way, to accuse Jesus. They're tired of him already in verse 6. But verse 8, or chapter 6, verse 8 says, But he knew their thoughts. Again, he did when uh, he healed the paralytic. He perceived their thoughts. And he does it again here. Uh, And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come and stand here. So he doesn't just heal them outright. He's going to make a statement. And the man rose, and he stood there. And Jesus said to them, that is the Pharisees, who were watching and listening and waiting, he says, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good? or to do harm, to save a life, or to destroy it? Well, he set him up, because you cannot answer that question. He's about to say, what I am doing is good. What I am doing is saving a life, not harming or destroying it. I'm not doing what is evil. I'm doing what is good. Is it lawful to do what is good on the Sabbath? Well, of course, teachers of the law would have to answer that question. Yeah, it's lawful. But they don't want to answer it that way because they're so hardened in their hearts that they would rather find reason to accuse Jesus even as he is doing what is good and what is holy on the Sabbath. They would still rather find something to complain about. So this is what Jesus does. Uh, He asked them the question. He says, after looking around at them all, I'm sure in silence as they just had no answer for you can't answer that he said stretch out your hand and the man did so and his hand was restored or healed but they who should have been filled with happiness and joy at seeing a man who was who was disabled become abled a man who was looked down on will now be accepted a man who had a withered hand his life has now been restored his as his hand has been restored jesus has just done what is good And they are filled not with joy, not with astonishment as the crowds around Jesus feel, but with fury. And they discuss with one another what they might do with Jesus. Well, brothers and sisters, as we follow Jesus, we too must, as we read this, ask the question, what do we do with Jesus? What do we do with Jesus when he does what we don't expect him to do? What if he's calling us to do something that we are not comfortable with within our own laws and our own presets? What if he's asking us to love the unlovables? What if he's asking us to do something that breaks our traditions? Do we attack Jesus? Do we go to him in fury? Or do we, like we should do, accept him and follow him, submit our lives, our traditions, our presets to our Savior? Is there a Pharisee in us that when we see God restoring somebody to repentance, we don't like that person, so we feel anger? 
when we see God healing somebody that we don't think deserves it? Do we respond in joy or do we respond in fury like the Pharisees? You see, as we read these passages, it's easy to read and go, oh, those Pharisees, they're so bad, and Jesus is so good, and man, we just, we we can just down on Pharisees, because it's easy to do that. It's easy to then go and go, oh, I can find the Pharisees in my life, and yet, as we do so, we have to avoid every single reflection and mirror, because if we do, we will see ourselves. So, brothers and sisters, if that's you today, if that's me today, we need to and we must repent and follow the way of Jesus to love what he loves and to follow him wherever he leads. Thank you for joining me in part one of Luke chapter six. I look forward to joining you in part two next time. I'll see you there.